book two chapter nineteen of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter nineteen most holy mary and joseph depart with the infant jesus in order to fulfill the law by presenting him in the temple of jerusalem already the forty days after the birth of a son during which a woman according to the law was considered unclean and during which she was obliged to continue her purification for her readmittance into the temple was coming to a close leviticus chapter twenty two verse four in order to comply with this law and satisfy another obligation contained in exodus chapter thirteenth which demanded the sanctification and presentation to the lord of all the first-born sons the mother of all purity prepared to go to jerusalem where she was to appear in the temple with her son as the only begotten of the eternal father and purify herself according to the custom of other women she had no doubts about complying with that part of the law which applied to herself in common with other mothers not that she was ignorant of her innocence and purity for ever since the incarnation of the word she knew of her exemption from actual sin and from the stain of original sin nor was she ignorant of the fact that she had conceived by the holy ghost and brought forth without labor remaining a virgin more pure than the sun luke chapter one verse fifteen yet she hesitated not to subject herself to the common law on the contrary in the ardent longing of her heart after humiliation and annihilation to the dust she desired to do this of her own free will in regard to the presentation of her most holy son there was some occasion for the same doubt as in regard to the circumcision for she knew him to be the true god superior to the laws which he himself had made but she was informed of the will of the lord by divine light and by the interior acts of the most holy soul of the incarnate word for she saw his desire of sacrificing himself and offering himself as a living victim letter to the ephesians chapter five verse two to the eternal father in thanksgiving for having formed his most pure body and created his most holy soul for having destined him as an acceptable sacrifice for the human race and for the welfare of mortals these acts of the most sacred humanity of the word were continual conforming himself to the divine will not only in so far as he was already beatified but also in so far as he was still a wayfarer upon earth and our redeemer yet in addition to these interior acts and in obedience to the law he wished to be offered to the eternal father in the temple where all adored and magnified him as in a house of prayer expiation and sacrifice deuteronomy chapter twelve verse five the great lady conferred about the journey with her husband and having resolved to be in jerusalem on the very day appointed by the law and having made the necessary preparations they took leave of the good woman who had so devotedly entertained them although this woman was left in ignorance of the divine mysteries connected with her guests she was filled with the blessings of heaven which brought her abundant fruit mary and joseph betook themselves to the cave of the nativity not wishing to begin their journey without once more venerating that sanctuary so humble and yet so rich in happiness though at that time this was yet unknown to the world the mother handed the child jesus to saint joseph in order to prostrate herself and worship the earth which had been witness to such venerable mysteries 
having done this with incomparable devotion and tenderness she said to her husband my master give me thy benediction for this journey as thou art wont to do at departing from home i beseech thee also to allow me to perform this journey on foot and unshod since i am to bear in my arms the victim which is to be offered to the eternal father this is a mysterious work and as far as it is possible i wish to perform it with due reverence and ceremony our queen was accustomed for the sake of modesty to wear shoes which covered her feet and served as a sort of stocking they were made of a certain plant used by the poor and something like hemp or mallow dried and woven into a coarse and strong texture which though poor was yet cleanly and appropriate st joseph told her to arise for she was kneeling before him and said may the most high son of the eternal father whom i hold in my arms give thee his blessing as for the rest it is well and good that thou journey afoot in bringing him to jerusalem but thou must not go barefoot because the weather does not permit it and thy desire will be accepted by the lord instead of the deed thus saint joseph in order not to deprive most holy mary of the joy of humiliation and obedience made use of his authority as husband although with great reverence and as saint joseph only obeyed her and humiliated and mortified himself in commanding her it happened that both of them exercised humility and obedience reciprocally that he refused her permission to go barefoot to jerusalem was occasioned by his apprehensions lest the cold should injure her health for though he did not know the wonderful qualities and composition of her virginal and perfect body nor the other privileges conferred upon her by the divine right hand the obedient queen made no reply to the orders of her husband and obeyed his wish not to go unshod in order to again receive in her arms the infant jesus she prostrated herself on the earth thanking him and adoring him for the blessings which he had wrought for them and for the whole human race in that cave she besought his majesty that this sanctuary be held in esteem and reverence by the catholics and that it remain in their possession and she again placed it in charge of the holy angel who had been set as its guardian she covered herself with a cloak for the journey and receiving in her arms jesus the treasurer of heaven she pressed him to her breast tenderly shielding him from the inclemency of the wintry weather they departed from the cave asking the blessing of the infant god which his majesty gave them in a visible manner st joseph placed upon the ass the chest containing the clothes of the infant and the gifts of the kings destined for their temple offering thus began the most solemn procession which was ever held from bethlehem to the temple in jerusalem for in company with the prince of the eternities jesus the queen his mother and st joseph her spouse journeyed the ten thousand angels that had assisted at these mysteries and the other legions that had brought from heaven the sweet and holy name of jesus at the circumcision all these heavenly courtiers passed along in visible human forms so beautiful and shining that in comparison with them all that is delightful or precious in the world is less than dirt or mud compared to the finest and purest gold and in their splendor they obliterated the sun in its brightest light and would have turned night into the brightest day the heavenly queen and saint joseph rejoiced in their effulgence while all of them together exalted these mysteries by new canticles of praise in honor of the divine child about to be presented in the temple in this fashion they journeyed the two leagues from bethlehem to jerusalem 
on this occasion not without divine dispensation the weather was unusually severe so that without regard for the tender child its creator the cold and sleety blasts pierced to his shivering limbs and caused the divine infant to weep as it rested in the arms of his loving mother being however moved thereto more by his compassion and love for men than by the effects of the inclemency of the weather upon his body the mighty empress turned to the winds and elements and as mistress of creation reprehended them with indignation that they should thus persecute their maker she commanded them to moderate their rigor toward the child but not toward her the elements obeyed the commands of their true and rightful mistress the cold blasts were changed into a soft and balmy air for the infant without diminishing their inclemency toward the mother thus she herself felt it but not her infant as on other occasions already mentioned and yet to be mentioned she addressed also sin which she had not contracted and said o oh, sin how most disorderly and inhuman art thou since in order to satisfy for thee the creator of all things is afflicted by the very creatures which he has made and preserves in being thou art a terrible and horrible monster offensive to god and destructive of creatures thou turnest them into abominations and deprivest them of their greatest happiness that of being friends of god o oh, children of men how long will you be so heavy-hearted as to love vanity and deceit be not so ungrateful toward the most high and so cruel to yourselves open your eyes and recognize your dangers do not despise the precepts of your eternal father and do not forget the teachings of your mother who has brought you forth by charity for since the only begotten of the father has assumed flesh in my womb he has made me the mother of all creation as such i love you and if it were possible and according to the will of the most high that i suffer all the punishments visited upon you from the time of adam until now i would accept them with pleasure during the journey of our lady with the infant god it happened in jerusalem that simeon the high priest was enlightened by the holy ghost concerning the coming of the incarnate word and his presentation in the temple in the arms of his mother the same revelation was given to the holy widow anne and she was also informed of the poverty and suffering of saint joseph and the most pure lady on their way to jerusalem these two holy persons immediately conferring with each other about their revelations and enlightenments called the chief procurator of the temporal affairs of the temple and describing to him the signs whereby he should recognize the holy travellers they ordered him to proceed to the gate leading out to bethlehem and receive them into his house with all benevolence and hospitality this the procurator did and thus the queen and her spouse were much relieved since they had been anxious about finding a proper lodging for the divine infant leaving them well provided in his house the fortunate host returned in order to report to the high priest on that evening before they retired most holy mary and joseph conferred with each other about what they were to do the most prudent lady reminded him that it was better to bring the gifts of the kings on that same evening to the temple in order to be able to make the offering in silence and without noisy demonstration as was proper with all donations and sacrifices and that on the way he might procure the two turtle doves which on the next day were to be the public offering for the infant jesus saint joseph complied with her request as a stranger and one little known he gave the myrrh incense and gold to the one who usually received such gifts for the temple but saint joseph took care not to reveal himself to any one as the donor of these great presents 
although he could have bought the lamb which the rich usually offered for their firstborn he chose not to do so because the humble and poor apparel of the mother and the child as well as of the husband would not have agreed with a public offering as valuable as that of the rich matthew chapter eight verse twenty in no particular did the mother of wisdom deem it befitting to depart from poverty and humility even under the cover of a pious and honourable intention for in all things she was the teacher of perfection and her most holy son that of holy poverty in which he was born lived and died simeon as st luke tells us was a just and god-fearing man and was hoping in the consolation of israel luke chapter two verse twenty four the holy ghost who dwelt in him had revealed to him that he should not taste death until he had seen the christ the lord moved by the holy spirit he came to the temple for in that night besides the revelations he had already received he was again divinely enlightened and made to understand more clearly the mysteries of the incarnation and redemption of man the fulfillment of the prophecies of isaiah that a virgin should conceive and bear a son and that from the root of jesse a flower should blossom namely christ isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen likewise all the rest contained in these and other prophecies he received a clear understanding of the hypostatic union of the two natures of the person of the word and of the mysteries of the passion and death of the redeemer thus instructed in these two high things saint simeon was lifted up and inflamed with the desire of seeing the redeemer of the world on the following day then as soon as he had received notice that christ was coming to present himself in the temple to the father he was carried in spirit to the temple for so great is the force of divine enlightenment whereupon succeeded that which i shall relate in the following chapter also the holy matron anne was favored with a revelation during the same night concerning many of these mysteries and great was the joy of her spirit on that account for as i have said in the first part of this history she had been the teacher of our queen during her stay in the temple the evangelist tells us that she never left the temple grounds serving in it day and night in prayer and fasting luke chapter one verse twenty seven that she was a prophetess daughter of samuel of the tribe of Aser. she had lived seven years with her husband and was now eighty years old as will be seen she spoke prophetically of the child's future instruction which the queen of heaven gave me my daughter one of the misfortunes which deprive souls of happiness or at least diminish it is that they content themselves with performing good works negligently or without fervor as if they were engaged in things unimportant or merely accidental on account of this ignorance and meanness of heart few of them arrive at an intimate friendship of god which they can attain only by fervent love this is called fervent precisely because of its similarity to boiling water for just as water is made to boil and foam by the fire so the soul by the sweet violence of the divine conflagration of love is raised above itself and above all created things as well as above its own doings in loving it is more and more inflamed and from this very love springs an unquenchable affection which makes the soul despise and forget all earthly things while at the same time it becomes dissatisfied with all temporal goodness and as the human heart when it does not attain what it dearly loves if that attainment is possible is inflamed with ever greater desire of reaching it by other means 
therefore the loving soul finds ever new things to strive after for the sake of the beloved and all service will seem to it but little thus it will pass from good will to a perfect will and from this to what will please the lord still more until it arrives at the most intimate union with him and at a perfect confirmation with the will of god hence thou wilt understand my dearest why i desired to go barefooted to the temple carrying at the same time my most holy son in order to present him there and why i also wished to comply with the law of the purification for urged on by my love which incessantly demanded what was most perfect and agreeable to the lord i sought the fullness of perfection in all my doings and it was precisely this anxiety which created in me such a desire of excellence in all my works labor to imitate me with all diligence in all that i did for i assure thee my dear that it is this exercise of thy love which the most high is desiring and expecting of thee and as is mentioned by the spouse in the canticles canticles chapter two verse nine he is watching thee so close at hand that not more than a slight screen intervenes between the soul and its vision of the lord enamored and drawn onward he approaches closely to those souls who thus love and serve him in all things while he withdraws from the lukewarm and negligent ones or only deals with them according to the general rules of his divine providence do thou aspire continually to the most pure and perfect in the practice of virtues and study and invent new schemes and projects of love so that all the forces of thy interior and exterior faculties continue to be zealously occupied in what is most exalted and excellent in the service of the lord at the same time mention all these affections to thy spiritual father and subject them to the obedience and advice of thy counsellor following his instructions for this will always be the most preferable and secure way. End of chapter 19